Welcome to Ladies Get Action, the podcast where two best friends talk about getting action movies. I'm Rebecca Ringley. This is Ren Olson. And this week we watched The Rock, um, which was from 1980 something. I think it was the 90s. Actually. Oh, okay. But I didn't realize that this was the movie that my dad would always reference whenever we were in San Francisco <laughs> because it takes place on Alcatraz. That makes sense. Yeah. What would he um, say? Oh, he would just talk about how, you know, a movie was filmed there and had Sean Connery. And I just completely forgot about it until we had this, um, you know, suggested to us by Hillary. So yes. thank you for the suggestion, Hillary. Yeah, I completely forgot about it until until watching it. Yes, that's how we found this movie. Um, it was directed by Michael Bay, um, Transformers fame later on. And Independence Day. And Independence Day. And um Pirates of the Caribbean and did he do Pirates of the Caribbean? I'm pretty because sure because I could swear there is one musical moment. Yes, there were just like Pirates of the Caribbean. So here's my theory on that. I, I would have to check. I think Hans Zimmer did the music, and I think this lays the groundwork for what later would later become the theme for Pirates of the Caribbean. I agree completely. It they must sounds... have stolen it from this because yeah, it was, I was like Pirates of the Caribbean is happening. Right. I think he stole it from himself, but yeah, but it has so many similarities to. I'm pretty sure it's I, I, Pirates is Jerry Bruckheimer, mm -hmm. so I know that. Um, but also to National Treasure, mm -hmm. which is like a favorite movie of mine from my childhood. Um, and we'll get into that more. But well, then funny enough, my dad mentioned that we were recording this today, and he first he didn't remember what the movie was, and then I was like, "Oh, it has this person, this person." He goes, "Oh yeah, the movie sucks." <laughs> oh, thanks. And I'm like, "Oh really?" He's like, "Well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but like, you know, that's how I felt. Maybe you'll feel differently." So, you know, we'll find out very soon if we felt differently. But before we get into it, how are you doing, Ran? How's your week been? Or your weekend? I'm, you know, I've had a really great weekend. Um, I saw my friend Sarah yesterday. We went for a walk in Greenwood Cemetery, which was super fun. And just like the, one of the most beautiful places in the city. I used to go there when I was like a bright-eyed 23-year-old in her deep goth phase. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Your goth phase lasted that long? I mean, I'm still vaguely witchy, yeah. so. You're witchy, but it's different. Yeah, but that was like the groundwork for it. Oh, I wasn't dang. like full on goth. It was just sort of like, I don't know. But I love that place. <laughs> and I would go and get like a tea and wander around and write in my little journal. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was great. So we did that. And then we went and got pie at 420 Blackbirds, which has mm. amazing pie. And then today I saw my cousin Brittany um, and her boyfriend for brunch at Fairfax, which was so good. Um, I'm not okay. <laughs> uh, I love just seeing the, like I had a great weekend and I'm still um going through a breakup. So yes. it is everything is awful. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you if you listen to last week's episode or whatever, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, last week. Yeah, it might have been last week. Um both Rebecca and I announced that we're moving. At somewhat staggered times, but I'm moving out of New York City in about a month. Um, so I'm just like very much feeling all of that right now. Yeah, you're doing a great job and I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Um, so I'm okay. <laughs> like holding it together. You are. You really are holding it together, but yeah. also not being okay is okay. It's <laughs> a big you. part of this. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? How was your weekend then? <laughs> I'm okay not going through a breakup. So I'm generally okay. Um, I, um, I had a good weekend. I went to Long Island yesterday, um, for my friend's kid's birthday party. And that was really sweet. They had a big bouncy house. Oh my gosh. And they're like, okay, did it? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. 
I'm okay, really. I don't need to. That's, but uh, my other friend got in it. That uh, sounds with the kids. like a nightmare. <laughs> like a bouncy house. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Just something about it trapping you in there. Oh, yeah. I can see that being a problem. Yeah, my friend Doreen got in it. And if you're listening, hi. Um, but I didn't get in it. But it was still really fun. And I got to catch up with my friends. And just nice, nice to be out there. And I got a lot of hugs from Liam. My Aww. friend's kid it was very cute. Oh, baby hugs are the best. And he kept coming up and hugging me. I was like, yes, I love it. Um, but yeah, it was a good weekend. And then this week was good, but busy with work. And today I did so many things. I vacuumed and I mopped and I worked out and I did laundry and I cleaned like the cabinets. And That's I, impressive. I cleaned the fridge. Not only did I clean the fridge, but then I used the special wipes for the stainless steel. Oh, so there's no streaks on it. Amazing. Yeah. And I cleaned the stovetop and I cleaned the dishwasher and all kinds of things. And I made salmon for lunch that was delicious. I'm so, so I changed my sheets and like wiped down the very dusty baseboards in That's my room. And I thought I was accomplished. But <laughs> you have. Well, but you also went to brunch downtown. I did. I didn't do that. I just worked on stuff <laughs> that around the house. But it felt very good. It felt really good to get all that stuff done and to, you know, have enough time to work out and to watch the movie. When this movie was first suggested to us, because I'm so like Dwayne Johnson focused, whenever people said like, oh, the Ro- you should watch The Rock, I'd always be like, watch The Rock? And, uh, what? Like, I thought they were talking about The Rock, not We should take a, a moment to talk about The Rock's movie, Black Adam. Oh my God. We haven't seen it for the record. We haven't seen it. But I was looking at reviews. I'm like, I want to see, you know, I like The Rock a lot. Yeah. And he's been posting about this movie for years. Yes. And um, so I was curious, you know, the trailers look bad, but I'm like, well, maybe. Um, but we read this one review that was so scathing, so hateful. I, it's almost on par with Pete Wells's yeah. Guy Fieri review. The very famous, yeah, yeah takedown of, of his restaurant, which I did go to. I, I think I've told you. Yeah. It was just a scathing review and it was really funny to read. And I'm like, this kind of makes me want to go see the movie because it's so horrible. The review is so bad. But the movie's getting terrible reviews across the board. And my colleague and friend um, went to go see it with his boyfriend and like, text me what you think. Oh, yeah. What did you think? Um, and they text me what you think. And I checked in with him the next day. I'm like, what'd you think? And he goes, it was great. <laughs> so I don't know what that means that my friend has bad taste or if the movie is okay. I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it feels like critics decide that they hate something yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah. However, DC is also It's been not, real trash. Yeah. Good at superhero movies. No. I mean, the first Wonder Woman was fantastic. But right. since then, it's all been downhill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of the other ones are decent even. Yeah, it looks really bad. And I don't want to see it, especially when we have uh, Wakanda Forever coming up. Yay! I'm so excited. Yay! Me Rebecca, too. Rebecca and I have tickets to opening night. Yes. Emily, are you excited too? We're going to sneak her in so she can watch. Yes. <laughs> and she'll growl because Rin's eating popcorn instead of petting her. <laughs> so let's dive into or onto The Rock. <laughs> Okay, before you get into it, overall thoughts, what did you think? I had a great time watching this. It's a great summer blockbuster, I would say. Mm-hmm. I didn't have quite as much fun with it as I thought I would when I first started. And the movie had some interesting things to say about the country and like, and a lot of big thoughts. But I had a good time overall. What about you? I liked it too. Yeah. Yeah, I had a fun time. Uh, especially at the beginning, I'm like, I'm not going to like this. 
because I don't traditionally like Michael Bay's movies. Like we're looking at a list right now. I didn't love Bad Boys. Armageddon, I thought was really shitty. Pearl Harbor, I also thought was shitty. Um, and all the Transformers movies, I really thought were shitty. <laughs> but I did enjoy this. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Once it gets going, I'm like all on board. And I agree. I think it had some important stuff to say. I feel like this would have gone really nicely with our Fourth of July series. Same. It just had such interesting things about the U.S. and patriotism. Just, yeah, patriotism. You're right. Yeah. It would have been really, really good. For it would have been series. a good compliment to the other films we watched. So I was thinking about that a lot and watching it, but I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was like a fun time. Not everything works, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, this is also Nicolas Cage's I Like Him Best, which is mm. over the top, but in a setting that works for that. Yeah, he was really over the top. Um, you haven't seen the the film you did most recently, the, the, the sort of self-aware film. Mm-mm. I really liked it. Oh, really? I really okay. enjoyed it. Also, this takes place in San Francisco, which is a city that I love. Mm-hmm. And you also have, you know, you've got family there too. And Yes, we'll be going there very soon. I've never been to Alcatraz. I haven't either. Yeah. I have been to the Palace of Arts. Oh, that I, looks beautiful. Have you been to the Exploratorium? No. <gasps> it's the best museum in the world. It's this really cool science museum that is like tactile. Oh, like we had one of those in Charlotte called Discovery Place. Yeah. So it was one of those, but it was uh, so cool. Like it actually broke down things like stem, I think stem cell research or like genes and all this sciencey things that my brain earlier in school would have been like, I don't get this, but like, I was very actually excited about it. And I was like, well, maybe I'll be a marine biologist or like, maybe I'll be a, not a doctor, but like, I don't know, just gave me lots of options. I think I'm going to skip it on my trip probably because it's probably for children. And it's probably best for children through like teenhood, but yeah, I'm going to skip it. If you can find a child to take them. There. If I can find, all right. So I'll find a child, kidnap yeah. them, take them to this, this science, this magical museum. science museum. All right. Sounds good. That's not exactly how I plan my trip. Anyway, let's get into this movie. It starts off like kind of slow for me. Like I didn't understand what was happening. We're at a military funeral and it's really dry. There's some flashbacks going on that I thought were maybe the like Vietnam War. I think it must have been, but I, I didn't yeah. catch it. We're talking a lot about Desert Storm. I think it's Operation Desert Storm is what it's later revealed to be. And he's like, then Ed Harris has a scene where he like gives a monologue to a gravestone in the pouring rain. Yeah. Just to start off the movie. I'm like, this is so dramatic. I know. But we learned that, you know, he basically failed his men or like he didn't save them. Yeah. He says uh, he's tried everything to get them to listen, but nothing will get them to listen. So then he says, let's hope this elevates their thinking. I know. I know. And then we're, then we see Alcatraz and I'm like, oh, is this like a prison break movie? I was also like, oh, this feels like Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, you think? Mm-hmm. Because it's just so, like, high security. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to infiltrate the prison. They're going to break into it. Oh, yeah, it's the takeover of the Naval Weaponry Department. Or the depot, sorry, the depot. Well, I think that that's, no, I think they broke in there to get the, the weapons. Yes, yeah, that's where they break in. But basically, Ed Harris and a bunch of mercenaries break into Alcatraz and essentially don't kill anybody, but stun everyone, all the guards and whoever. I guess those become hostages, too. I guess so. I don't know. That wasn't clear. Um, And take a bunch of hostages and basically take over the prison. They're like, our whole deal is we're going to launch poison gas into San Francisco and kill everybody. 
unless you and we find out this, the terms of this later, but I may as well now. Yeah. Like unless you give me a hundred million dollars and I'm gonna allocate it to all the essentially like the gray men like our last episode or the um all the various agents from all the movies we've ever watched who are <laughs> off the record who've been like disavowed but like are asked to do things in the military. He wants Oh God, what's it called? He wants reparations for reparations their families. for their family. So he wants money for them. And those are that's what he wants. I really liked this as a villain choice because it made it really hard to completely be like, oh, he's just a villain. Like oh, I yeah. 100% support that. Like, yeah. Well, they, they, they go to great lengths. They go to great lengths to tell us that he's a war hero and like he's like a good person. Everyone's like, oh, him? He's like this great general and we all love him even the president's like but he's a good man you know so they go to great lengths to tell us all that that he's reasonable and he seems reasonable and it's a very like just you know justice oriented mission especially because he doesn't kill anybody so far yeah things go off the rails later sure but it was compelling i agree i really liked that for him they do kill one guy um in their infiltration they seal a guy in a radiation room it's one of their own men though Oh, was it? Yeah, because the thing is that they're getting out the, the, the gas and one of the little pill things breaks. Oh, I kind of missed that. Yeah, and so then they're like, get out, get out, get out. And they shut the door and it's one of his men. And Ed Harris feels this very strongly that like he's already lost a man. Um, but we get to see a very gross, I thought it was a virus at first. And I was like, oh, great, another virus movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a poison gas instead. It's like a chemical yeah. weapon. It's pretty awful though. Yeah, yeah, he dies pretty quickly and it's, Awful. And then we we cut to uh, Nick Cage, who's working at the FBI science lab. And he's like a big dork, and they're like goofing off. Mm-hmm. And they're all being silly. And then they have this package that has a bomb in it, and it has like a baby doll that has the bomb, like the chemical weapon in it. Yeah, it says it was like headed for a Bosnian refugee camp. That's very sad. Which is awful. And also telling of the time, too. Right. But it's really, really sad. But basically, the the uh, the gas goes off, and it's like eating their suits. But you know, Nick Cage is a genius, and he defuses it. Yes, just in time, just with the you know, fifteen stakes. seconds left. His name, also his name is Stan, Doctor Stanley Goodspeed. Oh, stupid! <laughs> I couldn't even. <sighs> this is definitely one of those movies where I didn't, I decidedly didn't learn anyone's names. You're just like, no, no, I'm just not going to enter this into my brain. Yeah. Um. The next thing we see is he's completely naked sitting in a chair playing guitar, which yeah. is disgusting. Can we just talk about that? I know you're going through a breakup right now, but like, could you imagine that circumstance? Like that's nasty to the chair. That's disgusting. Other people are going to sit in that chair. I don't want someone's like sweaty butt on my chair naked, you know, or to like go to, let's say they, like they have company over and someone else sits in that chair and it's got like sweaty balls, like yeah. smell. No. Also, when his girlfriend comes home, he's so glib about his day. And like... Oh, yeah. He's like... He's like... Sorry. He was like passive aggressive about it. He's like, well, I had a bad day too. I had to fuse a bomb, but whatever. But I'm fine. So I decided to come home and play guitar. Oh, he seemed like a nightmare. I wrote down, he is a bad partner. Yeah. He seemed like a n- complete nightmare. His and- girlfriend, on the other hand, was lovely. Well, this is just a funny, strange scene. I know. Um, basically, immediately, she comes up to him... She's like, hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. Because he, he has this whole speech about, like, it'd be a crime. Like, it's disgusting for people to have kids. It's a cruelty. The world is being FedExed to hell in a handbasket. Oh, yeah. She's like, guess what? And I'm like, who would date Nick Cage in this circumstance? But she proposes to him. And, like, she's not picking up any social cues. 
No. Like his face is like disgusted when she tells him she's pregnant. And then she proposes and he's like, oh, yeah. But she continues. She doesn't go, why are you reacting like this? Right. I mean, she's 100% one note. The character is written as such, but like she's a nice bit of levity. Oh, like, yeah. Except for the pigtails that are coming up. Oh, yeah. That scene. Because he's supposed to be a nerd who also gets laid all the time. Right. By a super hot girlfriend who is like down to, to dress him. up like a little girl. That's gross. Oh, yeah. So now now we're on Alcatraz and Ed Harris is taking over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Ranger Bob, who's giving a tour to all these tourists. Yes. Um, he's like really into his job and he's telling him all these things. And he's like, OK, got everyone, you're going to go into the cells. And you'll see what it's like to be an inmate of Alcatraz and the cell door is closed. And he's like, great. And then the rogue force of Marines takes over. Yeah. And I still didn't understand what the plan was yet. But. Of course. Well, and he tells the little kids to get, like, get, tell their teacher to go home. Which, yeah. what teacher would be like, like, any teacher would be like, no, this is our field trip. Right. We We're not going home. Blocked out time for this. Yeah. We've got money approved by the school board, which is hard enough for this trip. But, you know, this is when he sets up camp, Ed Harris does, and he calls the government or whatever, they call him, and he gives a speech about, like, what he's doing and why, and he explains the terms, what he wants, blah, blah, blah. He's like, we're traitors like Abraham Lincoln and George Washington were traitors, um, a.k.a. we're patriots. <laughs> That's where I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, you're wrong. Yeah. You're so wrong. Also, he just dropped a bunch of names. A lot of names are dropped in this movie, and I'm like, oh, those names are actually deeply problematic, but okay. <laughs> and one of the government guys helpfully says he used brutal but non-lethal force so that we're sure to know that he didn't kill anybody and he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. I wrote, oh, no, not the founding father's speech. Yeah. He wants to basically prove a point about using people as illegal weapons. And then that's when we see the pigtail scene. For the pigtail scene, when he's, of course, like talking with the FBI and the, like the government, the, I think it's the press secretary talks to him and Ed Harris is like, how old are you? And And that was the chief of staff. Chief of staff. And the man goes 33. And I was like, he looks like he's 40. That man is not 33. He looks old. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to confirm that. (laughs) I am still very young. Yeah, so we're both incredibly young. Okay, great. Thanks. No, he, he didn't look 33, and he was dressed like old. He's just like a 90s. 33, I guess? I think 33 was older in the 90s. Yeah, that's what I mean. So There's a gross scene now yeah. where they're having like sex on a roof. Nick Cage and his girlfriend, who's pregnant, are having like naked sex on a roof, and it's like wild and crazy, and she has pigtails, and she's like, do you like my pigtails? And he's like, yeah, they're really naughty. Ugh. It's so disgusting. It's so gross. And then he's like, oh, I got to take this phone call because I don't care about you. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to go to San Francisco. But I did like what she said. She goes, I am Catholic. I am <laughs> pregnant and unmarried. This causes a serious problem for me. I love that line. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. At this point in the movie, I'm like not in on Nick Cage at all. I think he's terrible. No, I think he's an awful, awful partner. Yeah, it's like just, a gross person. And obnoxious. Yeah. And I was like, no, don't raise the stakes by going to San Francisco. Because he's like, oh, you can come to San Francisco with me. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, great. I'll take that bone. Yeah. Right. I'll take these crumbs. Yeah. And then um, the government guys start talking about this uh, escape artist prisoner they're going to unleash. Who mm-hmm. um, we find out later is the only person to escape Alcatraz. Yes. And then they send Nick Cage in there to interrogate him, which made no sense at all. Right. Except that it made sense in terms of like Nick Cage is like a total nerd and history guy. And but they didn't know that. They didn't know that he no. like read books about history. No. We didn't know that either. Right. Until he suddenly knew what 
what Sean Connery was saying. Yeah, spoiler alert, it's Sean Connery is our professional skateboarder. I loved him in this movie. I loved him. He's so charming and so fun to watch. He was great. He was fantastic. But basically, he's like well-read and sneaky. Yes. And he's like distrusting of everybody and... Because the government has continuously screwed him over. Yes. But we don't know that yet. No. And I'm like, oh, they're going to be frenemies. (laughs) Uh, But basically, Sean Connery negotiates like a haircut and a shave and like, you know, a little bit of like human treatment and an outfit. They hire this stylist. I guess a hairstylist. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. Uh, a clearly gay man. And he comes in and he's like, this is disgusting. Like, what have they done to you? Like, your right. your hair. And then he's horrified that, like, he can't use his scissors. Yeah. And then all the cops are eating, like, tons of, like, fabulous lobster and dishes. scallops. I want that lobster. I know. I was almost going to text you during that scene and be like, I want lobster. I know. Me too. And then, basically, he's getting a, uh, a haircut outside. The haircut looks great. And he um, uses something from the shower to basically hang the boss by his hand, dangling from the building. Yeah. So while he just broken his hand, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely would have, or it would have like. Yeah, the weight of him would have broken his wrist immediately. 100%. It would have dislocated it. Yeah. But Sean Connery, during like, he's taking a shower because that's one of the things he's negotiated. And I think it's a clothesline that you can like. I didn't understand. It was two eighties, but then he figures it out. Yeah. Um, But I was like, oh, Connery knows what he's doing. Right, he's an escape artist. Yeah. He's done this before. And this is where the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. music started. <laughs> this is the pre I'm like, oh! <laughs> How fun! And um, and then he's in an elevator with the, the, the gay hairstylist. And he's like, the stylist is like, I'm not going to turn you in. I don't care about this. All I want to know is, are you happy with your haircut? The mark of a true service provider. It was really cute. And so, yeah, Sean Connery doesn't do anything to him. He just, you know, goes on his way. And then we get this fantastic chase scene. Yeah. Basically, Sean Connery escapes the hotel, steals a car, and he's being really funny. And there's a big car chase. Nick Cage gets this very fancy sports car. Yeah, bright yellow car. And um, they just start causing all kinds of destruction. They destroy the city, basically. Yeah, mostly Sean Connery. Yeah. Um, but he, like, leans back out the window. He's like, I am hope you're insured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they basically get into this massive chase, and they... Destroy a cable car mm-hmm. and um, just tons of destruction. Like basically the whole city gets destroyed. And Nick Cage like steals a bike from a stoned guy. <laughs> like, Yeah. This is where I, he sort of started to grow on me, his character. A little bit, yeah. Like at this point, Sean Connery was the only person I was really rooting for. Yeah. And Ed Harris at this point too. Well, yeah. And Ed Harris. It's, I don't ever really stop rooting for Ed Harris in some ways. Well, I did at one point. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We see that he's gone to meet his daughter, mm-hmm. um, who's like an adult woman now. What did you think about this scene? I liked it. What'd you think? I really liked it. It was a really nice comparison to the scene in Midnight Run. Oh, sure. Which was so awful. Yeah. But guy, this guy one, in the run sees his long lost daughter. Yeah. But this one was both awkward, rightfully so, because, you know, they don't know each other. Yeah. And also funny. <laughs> Where he's, she's like, so they let you out? And he's like, yeah, they sure <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah. She was the result of a one night stand with him and her mother after a concert during one of his prison breaks. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a brief prison breaks. Mm-hmm. And so she never knew him, but he clearly feels like guilty about that and wants to get to know her. He really wants to be a good dad. It's very is, sweet. Yeah. And then this is where he started to like Nick Cage's character. 
because Nick Cage, you know, has his eyes on him. The cops are surrounding him. Um, but he decides to like, let him save face. Yeah. And he essentially comes up to him and he's like, Oh, Hey, we're, you're working with us, the FBI on a great case. Um, rather than being like, what the fuck are you, are you doing? You're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was nice of him. And Connery like realizes that and like says, thank you. Yeah. I also liked the introduction of um, him having a kid because it raises the stakes for him. Yeah. When later on, mm-hmm. you know, when he finds out about the, the gas poised over the city. And then they're looking at, you know, now they're planning their big uh, break in. <laughs> their, their big, big heist. heist. <laughs> their heist. They're looking at blueprints and like the military guy is like, you know, we need another way in. We'll be back with more of The Rock after this. Take out your pigtails. We're back. Sean Connery's like, let me in. He's like, I want to, he wants to be in there. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, the only way I'll remember is if I'm there. And uh, Nick Cage does not want to be there. Yeah, I was going to say, on the other side, Nick Cage is like, I'm a scientist. He's like, I don't want to be there. And then he goes and throws up. And he's very dramatic. And one of the government guys is like, you'll be fine. Yeah. I liked that, though. I liked seeing kind of more of a real take on it yeah where he, he has nerves and it reminds me of the beginning of edge of tomorrow where tom cruise is like not prepared yeah to be a hero and it's the same with nick cage where he's like i'm gonna do everything i can but this is so outside of my yeah like abilities yeah totally this is where i start writing nerd everywhere <laughs> my notes because i thought nick cage was such a nerd um so i i thought because they keep saying like one of Ed Harris's conditions is that, that the media not be alerted. Yeah. I think if I were Ed Harris, I would have alerted the media. Yeah. But but the media would have covered it as like a terrorist takes over and it would have caused mass panic. They would, nev- they would never have gotten his side out there. Yeah. I guess I wanted to. Because the media wouldn't yeah. be like interviewing him. No, no. No, that's true. But I get the idea. It would have been nice if his like idea got out there, but it never was going to. Once right. he started taking hostages and like has weapons pointed at a major city. Yeah. It's more the idea that I'm like, obviously you should give benefits to like deceased uh, military members' families and to veterans and all the things. Mm-hmm. So and then we have a countdown where I first started noticing it where it was like 18 hours till. Oh launch. yeah. That's right, because he's set these terms. There's a great underwater sequence here that looked like really modern. Mm-hmm. They're driving. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if these are real, but they're driving like almost like jet skis with underwater. Yeah. It was cool. I feel like I've seen that in another movie. Oh, I think maybe in the Italian job. That's I think right. in Titanic. Mm-hmm. When they went down there with all their thingies. But those are different too. They basically start breaking into Alcatraz altogether. And then they're like in the bowels of the prison, um, which looks like, you know, it's it's another, like, lava factory, essentially. Oh, yeah. Tons of fires and metal. And it's, like, I don't – didn't make any sense. No water. No. And there's no. this, like, Indiana Jones-esque death trap of, like, swinging metal fire. Oh, swinging metal yeah. fire. Yeah, it was very Indiana Jones. Also, all of their <laughs> faces were painted so deliberately. I was, like, are they going to, like, a Gaga concert or, like, a David Bowie concert? Oh, you mean with the camouflage? Yeah. Oh. It was just, like, such specific stripes. And I was, like, <laughs> hmm. Uh, Sean Connery's, like, nope, I got this. This is what we got to do. And he rolls through the fire and swinging metal axes with no problem. The other guys, I guess, do it, too. And um, Ed Harrison, his second in command, is the boss from Scrubs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was cute to see him. Oh, I said, oh, Scrubs guy. <laughs> yeah. 
And Sean Connery has a great line here. He's like, oh, well, what was I doing in prison? Like, I was reading books and avoiding gang rape. But that hasn't happened often. Maybe I'm losing my sex appeal. <laughs> the men all get inside, but they've been surrounded by Ed Harris's men. Yeah. Ed Harris's men are onto them. Yes. And then there's a, a great standoff scene. Yeah. Between Ed Harris and all of his men who are, like, surrounding our men uh, or, or Nick Cage's people, you know, Sean Connery from above like a in all directions, like a, like a wraparound balcony. Basically they're, he's like, Ed Harris is like, I don't want to kill anybody. I don't think you should kill anybody. And you just like put all your weapons down, like surrender to us. Basically. Yeah. And the FBI SWAT team guy is like, I can't. When he's also like, I don't want to kill anybody, but yeah. I can't stand down. He's like, I understand. And he even says, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree with your mission. Um, but you know that I can't like stand down. Like you're literally a terrorist. So like, I can't stand down. Yeah. And, and you know, it's makes sense on both sides. Um, but then, you know, a little accident happens and all of a sudden everyone's firing on everyone and it's all over and there's a horrible bloodbath. Yeah. And essentially all the SWAT team dies, um, leaving only Sean Connery and Nick Cage mm-hmm. alive. And Which... Ed Harris looks, is really upset about it. And he says twice like or three times, like, Ceasefire, ceasefire, right. ceasefire. That was no one noted. Nobody does. Nobody listens to him. Well, that's that's a great like precursor for what happens later. Yeah. But he's already lost control of these men. And when he says ceasefire, nobody listens. They continue to fire. And it's interesting because when they get to kind of backtracking a little bit, but when they get to Alcatraz, he addresses each of them like the leaders of the men, and he's like, "Oh, I've heard about your missions, and I admire your resolve," or something like that. Basically, acknowledging their brutality. Mm-hmm. in like missions and so that kind of sets it up there too where these men might not have any compunction about right well killing. these are all the men who are doing stuff illegally anyway for the right. government right and then are disavowed once they <laughs> die in combat these are all our gray men yes exactly um so they're gonna be mercenaries they're gonna be like killers yeah. by their name by that nature mm-hmm. um so it was kind of stupid of him to think that he could get this group of killers together and they'd all listen to him the whole time. Well, the problem is that Ed Harris is, I don't want to say he's an honorable man, but like he believes yeah. he's honorable in the sense of like, well, he's he, naive. Yeah. Cause he, he's within this mindset of the military really believes in the mission and believes yeah. in the things that they're doing that he believes that he is making the world a better place. Right. He thinks he's doing missions. the right, he definitely yeah. thinks he's doing the right thing. Um, but he, but he didn't, he didn't check to make sure all the men around him agree that that's the right thing. Right. And so his code is not going to be line up with everybody else's. Right. Exactly. So that's where that, that becomes a problem for him later. It does. Everybody dies in the cute young soldier. I know who Nick Cage is like, do not go up there. Do not go up there. And the soldier's like, it's he fine. I'll take back. Yeah. He has to though. And then this is where we get Sean Connery's backstory from the government guys. And basically, he has the J. Edgar Hoover tapes, like microfilm tapes, and it has information about aliens. And Every who killed, conspiracy. Who killed JFK. And he was like a British secret agent, and he got them. And then he was held without trial for life in prison. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. All because he had these files, and he would never give up their location. Mm-hmm. And they would have killed him if he did, too. Right. Know. Which he admits later on. He's like, it would have been a suicide moment. Yeah. But he's, basically, Sean Connery is like, okay, cool. I'm gone. Thanks. Yeah, he tries to leave. He's like, I'm over this. I don't want to die here. I've escaped here twice. Like, I don't want to die here. They start arguing loudly. They make so much noise in these tunnels. <laughs> it's really, really funny. 
And the bad guys can, can hear them very well. <laughs> yeah, the bad guys are like, eh, oh, they're here. They're there. We can hear exactly what they're saying. Um, so then they throw down a bomb and lots of explosions, but the guys are fine. Yeah, but there's this great moment where um, Nick Cage is finally like, your daughter isn't safe. Like, these are the stakes. And you can see Sean Connery weighing the decision. And there's this great angelic light above him. Did you catch that? Mm-mm. Where he's like framed it like through a skylight or something. Oh, but nice. it's like this moment of decision. Yeah. Where he hasn't, he doesn't act on it yet. But you can see that's where it starts to like turn. Yeah. Um, and I just love that lighting. Well, and Sean Connery wants to go to the morgue. I never understood why he wanted to go to the morgue. I mean, it ended up being the place where the weapons were, which was great for Nick Cage. But I don't understand why he was insisted on going to the morgue. I didn't either. Maybe that's because maybe he had like so... a, a cue that that's where they should be held. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't make it much sense to me. Or I thought maybe that's where he escaped one of the times, like he escaped through the morgue. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that was confusing to me too. Yeah. Oh God, this is when he says this is one of the oh. worst lines of the film. Yep. Um, I didn't get the first part. Did you get the first part? I got the second part. Yes. Losers always whine about their best. And winners go home and fuck a prom queen. And then Nick Cage says. Carla was the prom queen. Ugh, and Connie's like, really? And he's like, yeah. Ew. I know. I hated that. I was like, what the fuck? Carla deserves better. It's disgusting. Um, but, you know, now we have Sean Connery killing and squishing guys with heavy objects. Oh, man. I wrote, Sean Connery is ruthless. Yeah, now he's just killing and squishing and killing and squishing. Yeah. Nick Cage is, like, very uncomfortable about it. And the guy's like his movie. He's like, that's the most awful thing I've ever seen. I know. Because he, it's funny. they're in the morgue and he's trying to like get past this, this guy and he shoots down and what looks like an air conditioner and I goes squish. <laughs> and then we get, so he, they like take out some of the direction guide codes. They take out the rocket. chip. That's the all you need to know. There's a computer right. chip. He takes it out. He squishes, he smashes yeah. the chip. They can't fire the missiles. Yes. And... But I was also like, they shouldn't be firing guns around all that poison gas. I know. It seemed very unstable. And they say it's unstable. Yeah. A lot. And then we get into another Indiana Jones scene. Well, did we get to the part where Sean Connery sets the guy from Scrubs on fire? Oh, that's that part. Yeah. I know. But they're they're in like this mine shaft. Yeah, that was very confusing. All of a sudden they're in a mine shaft with little mine carts that are singing, (laughs) but also on a track. This very strange. Very both Pirates of the Caribbean and National Treasure to me. Yeah. I just don't understand. There's a mine in Alcatraz. It doesn't make any sense. They're like in a giant cave that's also a mine. Sure. And actually, you know what it felt like? It felt like the Harry Potter ride. Yeah, you're right. Green Gringotts. Yeah. <laughs> it did look like that too. Uh-huh. Like if there had been a giant dragon on there, I would have been like, of course. Yeah. That makes sense. Of course sense. there is. But this time, you know, they're fighting and Sean Connery is losing. And then, you know, the whole movie, like Nick Cage is like, but I don't kill people. Well, he did, he actually never says it, but that's his vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not ready for combat. And I don't, he didn't even keep his gun on him before. This time, though, he has a gun and the guy is about to kill Sean Connery. So he shoots and kills him. Now, you might think the movie was almost over here. I certainly did. But it isn't. <laughs> it is a long movie. It still has an hour. Yep. <laughs> but that's okay because Sean Connery... For all of his ruthlessness, is so charming. This is where I also wrote Sean Connery is too cool. I wrote Sean Connery is so charming. <laughs> yeah, um, but they, now they have another conversation about patriotism. Oh right, because it's a pretentious quote standoff. That's right. That's what I wrote. Ugh, annoying. Then they're both hostages, 
And they had like a really fun back and forth while they were in those um, cells mm-hmm. about like pubescent anger. And but I was like, I hope Sean Connery goes free. Like at the end, like I hope he's free forever. And he gets out of his cell so easy. So easily. Yeah. It was like, why doesn't every prisoner try and do this? Yeah. I guess it is from like, it was built in whatever age and there yeah. are also no guards at right. this point. So. Right. And meanwhile, Sean Connery is like, I'm going to escape now for real. Bye-bye. Yeah. And he starts walking away and Nick Cage is like, well, but he's going to like send this chemical weapon into San Francisco. Aren't you concerned about that? And he... And Sean Connery's like, I looked in his eyes, like he's not an unreasonable person. Like, I think he's doing this for like, to make a point, not not yeah. to kill. Then we cut to Ed Harris, who like basically is doing this to make a point and not to kill people. But he's already being influenced by the crazies around him who do yeah. want to kill. And they're pushing him. And they're like, we're going to, we're going to fire this missile, right? 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 Yeah. Right? Sure. Right? And so they basically push him into doing it. Nick Cage is, you know, staying behind. Sean Connery leaves. But then he comes right back. And he saves <laughs> and Nick he Cage. And he saves Nick Cage. The, um, but then the the rocket actually launches, and I was surprised by that and scared by it. Yeah, I was horrified. Yeah, so the rocket launches because the time has run out. All the men around um, Ed Harris are like, you have to do this. Like, you're going to look weak if you don't do this. Like, this is what we have to do. These men are idiots, though, because, first of all, they're doing it in an aerosol, like, rocket, so it sprays into the air. Do they think it's not going to affect them? But I think they might be far enough away on Alcatraz. That it oh, be. I just think that in a bay, particularly, the winds shift so often. And well, that's, that's what Nick Cage says. Right, and I'm glad they address that later. But that's where I wrote, like, do they have gas masks? Like, Yeah, what he says that to the guy. Then? Yeah. In any case, they're crazy. You know, they're not, they're not, like, they're, like, unhinged. Yeah. And um, so they, they let it go, and it's about to kill everybody in a giant football stadium. Yeah. And Ed Harris, like, quickly redirects it to go off underwater mm-hmm. safely. I guess I'm like, is that safe, though? Like, what about, like, all the fish in yeah, the sea? Yeah, like, I don't think that's safe. But water. I'll pretend that's It's safe. better than killing people, though. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to pollute the water. Yeah. Like, they're still going to have to face the ramifications of that and consequences. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still really bad. Yeah. Um, but then we see the president, and he essentially, you know, he's like, this is a really hard choice for me. This is the worst day of my presidency this is awful but you know it's 82 civilians versus a hundred thousand people like several hundred thousand people yeah and so he agrees to kill the civilians and like basically bomb alcatraz to shit to blow up these weapons where they can go off and not kill as many people this Um, is where i wrote it's an action movie that asks really big questions about morals and well yeah this is where i'm like oh yeah we this should have been in our fourth of july series yeah because um, that's, you know, that's the, probably the right choice to kill as few people as possible when mm-hmm. you have like a chemical weapon and to hopefully get rid of all of it there. Right. right. In one fell swoop. And then hopefully that doesn't, you know, travel any further. Yeah. It's a horrible choice. Yeah. Like the president says, but it is. But he does make the right choice um, to basically blow up the whole Alcatraz Island. But we know our boys are there. You know, how hers. And Harris explains to his minions, he's like, I never wanted to kill anybody. Like, this is all about proving a point. Yeah. And getting money to, like, help these people, but mostly proving a point. Yeah. And they've called our bluff, so the mission is off. Right. So we're not we're not going to be exploding San Francisco anymore. Yeah. And everyone's like, no. There's a mutiny, basically. Yeah. they've, And then I wrote, too, you know, they've lost everything. And they're like, and Harris says, like, oh, well, I'll, I'll stay here and take all the blame. And you guys go run off, you know, and take the hostages somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the guys are like, no. Well, they're like, like, we're here for money. Like, yeah. we don't have any, we're not military guys anymore. 
Like we're kind of fucked. There's a great line where it's like, we're mercenaries and mercenaries get paid. Yeah. Um, so you kind of feel for them too. Like they don't have any good options either. Um, but he's like, I don't want to kill anyone. They're like, yeah, we're going to kill everybody actually. Yeah. We're into that. And then they all shoot each other. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. There's a big standoff and then a big gunfight. Yeah. And Sean Connery and Nick Cage are sort of just watching it happen. Yeah. They just watch it happen. And Ed Harris gets shot. They drag it at the end. They drag Ed Harris sort of to safety, but he still dies. Yeah, he still dies. Yeah. And they're like, where are the other rockets? Where, yeah. Where's the last rocket? Cause yeah. they've already disarmed the other ones. There's one more. Yeah. And um, so now the, our new, you know, super bad guys, <laughs> the mercenaries are going to fire this last rocket at San Francisco. Meanwhile, there's this airstrike also headed their way. Yes. I was very, very stressed about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was in this dorky scene. I'm like, he's still a nerd. What a dork. <laughs> um, but basically, they're at the lighthouse and Nick Cage is being chased by um, his famous actor. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, who plays one of the mercenaries in the scene. But it's a particularly vicious mercenary. He's threatening him and he's like, fine, you know, I won't even use my gun. I'll just like cut you up with this knife. And... Then he stands right in front of the rocket like oh, an yeah. idiot. <laughs> I know. And Nick Cage is right by the computer and he goes, have you heard the song Rocket Man? Or did you like the song Rocket Man? The guy goes like, I don't care about that. He's like, well, you are the Rocket Man. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dork, nerd. And then he sets off the rocket. Yeah. Like, but he's taken out the poison gas in the codes. Yeah. Nick, I wrote Nick Cage is a nerd till the end. But he takes some of the poison balls with him and... uh He's going to take it as a weapon. And then the planes are coming. And meanwhile, Sean Connery is fighting with the other mercenary. That's right. Who's like, oh, my my grandfather was Irish. I hate you English guys. And mm-hmm. he's like, he's Scottish. Yeah. The planes are coming to blow up Alcatraz because they don't know that all the missiles have now been disarmed. Yeah. Um, but basically, Nick beats up the scary mercenary. And they fight, but he's got poison in his hand. And he shoves it in the guy's mouth. That was gross. That was really upsetting to me. And they're like, but wouldn't that kill Nick Cage too? But then they yes. kind of answer it. Yeah. But not really. I mean, uh, sure. Basically, the guy starts doing like poison, poison face and foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah. And Nick Cage gets some of it on him. But they're earlier in the movie, they've introduced this giant needle. Yeah. And that Nick Cage has been very reluctant to do. But he finally is like, oh, okay, I've got, it's time to take it now. And so he, he stabs sh- in his heart, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. And then he remembers that the green flares mean that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is something we did not know. That was not established earlier. It was very briefly established. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I remember that. that. Okay. That's fair then. Conveniently though, he still has them on his person. Yeah. He's had them the whole time. <laughs> uh, but this time, you know, Sean Connery's running away again. He's like, I'm going to get out of here. And then um, he puts the, his green flares and everyone's like, oh, abort, abort the bombing, abort the and bombing. And they still dropped the bomb. <laughs> well, he'd already, yeah, he'd already dropped one. I know, I know. Um, but very conveniently only dropped it in a part with no civilians. Except for Nick Cage. Yes. He goes flying into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, but then immediately Sean Connery dives him and saves him, which mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like this is getting ridiculous. Um, like a little angel. The movie's wrapping up. You know, the girlfriend's like, oh, thank God. You know, Nick Cage is like, okay, Sean Connery, like, you go free. Go have fun. Yeah. And then Sean Connery's like, yeah, like, maybe you should take your honeymoon, like, to uh, Kansas, to Fort Walton, to this one church. And where it's in the the hollow leg of the pew. Maybe. Mm -hmm. 
Here's and, a cool note. <laughs> yeah, here's a note with all the instructions too, just in case. Right. And then the government guys come to Nick Cage and they go, did any of the civilians die? And he goes like heroically, not a one. But how would he know? He just literally got exploded. All he knows is there was a massive explosion and he survived. He wouldn't know that the civilians are being kept, like the hostages are being kept in a different part of the prison. No. All I he know. would know is an explosion. Yeah. The government knows that they didn't die. Right. The government. They should say, and don't worry, Nick, and none of the hostages are killed. And then he can say his line of, well, one person did die. Right. Sean Connery died. He was vaporized. Yeah. Yeah. That was stupid. Then uh, then we see, you know, he, he steals those tapes. He's married his girlfriend. And they drive out into the sunset with all the government secrets. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Carla, you want to know who killed JFK? Yeah. I kind of think, though, as fun as that ending is, that information is very dangerous to have. I know. Well, maybe do you think they're setting up for a sequel? I think they probably could have been, but I don't know where they'd go with that. Like, well, Sean Connery has to come out of retirement <laughs> and they're coming after the tapes again. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. There we go. Or he sees something so bad on the tapes and then he does his own social justice terrorism. Do you think he has to steal the Declaration of Independence? Probably. <laughs> I think that's what happens. <laughs> that must be what happens. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's this movie. I really enjoyed it. It's a fun time. It's fun. It's a great blockbuster. Like Yeah, exactly. It's very silly. I think some of the pacing isn't great, but you know, it's still a fun time. And I loved spending time with this Sean Connery character. Yes. I love Sean Connery. I would have loved to have seen more with him and his daughter. Yeah. Well, I think we got what we needed, actually. I, I know, but it was fun to see that dynamic. I liked that moment, but I think that was just what we needed. Yeah. Some of the scenes between him and Nick Cage could have gone a little bit faster. I think Nick Cage wasn't very good in this. Oh, no. He was over the top. Yeah, I think he's he was ridiculous. pretty bad in this. I don't think he's a good actor. I just enjoy watching him in, like, this very... You gotta see that new one he did. Right, right, right. I thought that was very interesting and very funny. Was it? The Unbearable Weight of something? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really good. Okay. I, I quite enjoyed it. But it's very much, like, about his, like, career and perceived ego and, like, so it's very, like, self-referential. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I don't think he was very good in this at all. No. And, yeah, and some of the lines really do not hold up. No. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, it was a fun time. I enjoyed myself. What about you? Yeah, I had a great time. What do you think this movie is trying to say about, like, America, if we kind of return to our theme? hmm Just, you know, honorary, honorary Fourth of July series. I think it's trying to say what Ed Harris is saying, is that, like, you know, the government shouldn't be using people and spinning them out for illegal things and then treating them terribly and covering it up, which they almost certainly are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's wrong. Yeah, I think it really questions the idea of patriotism and the morals behind killing mm-hmm. and sort of where do we draw the line at, at cheering for somebody to kill, basically, mm-hmm. or and how is that different from somebody holding other people hostage? Yeah. Like, are there heroes? If I were to get, like, very deep, it'd be like, are there actually heroes in this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very interesting. So deep, friend. Thank you. But otherwise, I really liked this movie and had a great time. Yeah, me too. What trash can fire rating would you give this? I think it's a four. I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time. Four is probably too generous. I think it's a three and a half. I'll give it a three and a half. I was going to land. What about you? I was also trying to decide if I wanted to give it a four or three and a half. 
It's not a five for me just because of the, some of the pacing issues are tough. Yeah. It's so long. Yeah. The length was okay. Like I didn't, wasn't upset about it. I think it's a really, really solid three and a half for me. Okay. Well, that wraps up The Rock. What a fun trip to San Francisco. <laughs> um, if you're enjoying this podcast, please stop what you're doing and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and leave a written review. You can send us movie recommendations to our email, which is ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at ladiesgetaction for fun behind the scenes pictures, takeaways, and announcements of what we're watching and when the episode drops. You can also find me on Instagram at Rebecca Ringley Casting. And Rin, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Rin Olson. That's R-I-N-O-L-S-S-O-N. Or at Renaissance Media. Until next time, get, get some, some action. action.